Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Come on, release a sound this morning. Someone release a sound this morning. We're a church that releases a sound. It is a joy to be with everybody this morning. I want to welcome all those watching online. Let's uh, give the Lord a hand praise for those watching online. Remember, we broadcast our services on Sundays at 1015 as well as Thursdays uh, at 715. Well, we're glad you're here this morning. And we're excited to share the word of the Lord with us. Anybody anticipating the word from the Lord, from the Lord this morning? We're super excited about what God is doing. Uh, all January, we dedicated it to prayer. We upped our prayer in the month of January. Uh, we had prayer. We had fasting. Uh, the men prayed on Wednesdays at 5 a.m. Uh, on Zoom. Uh, the women prayed throughout the week on Zoom. Uh, all our midweek services were dedicated to prayer and worship. And I'm just excited because I'm, I'm anticipating to see supernatural growth. When you pray for 30 days, uh, you know, one, let me just tell you, when you pray for 30 days, when you start praying, you need to be warned because uh, it, it also kind of signif- signals to the enemy that you're serious. When you start praying... It, it, it like signals to the, oh, we, we have somebody who's getting serious. And so you got you to gotta gird yourself. You got to be ready. But at the same time, when you elevate your prayer, uh, it gives God more space to work in your life. It gives God more room to work in your life. So I am looking. Someone say, I'm looking. I am looking for, for God to move in February because we planted the seed of prayer in January, and I'm looking for the fruit of that harvest. Anybody looking with me? So, so stay looking. And listen, when God blesses you, don't run with that blessing. You better come back to the house of the Lord and testify and share or share it with your coworkers or share it with the people that you're living with. Share. If you want, God, want more of what, what God has given you, you need to give it away. Share it. Share it. Someone shout amen to that. All right. I'm excited this morning because last uh, week I started a series on doors. Someone say doors. I started a series on doors and I didn't get to preach it uh, to the 10, 15 a.m. service. So... I'm going to bring it to y'all this morning. You guys were blessed with Pastor Terry. Anybody was blessed last Sunday with Pastor Terry Beasley? He's going to be preaching today at our 1230 service. So uh, I, 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 got, I brought this message last Sunday to our Carson campus as well as our 1230 Paramount uh, location. But I'm starting this series on doors. And I want to I bring it to the entire church, to the entire church. So most of what I'm teaching this morning, I shared last Sunday at 1230. So if you were here last Sunday at 1230, either two things are happening. Number one, uh, God is saying you need to listen to this again. Someone shout amen to that. If you were here last Sunday at 1230, don't tune out. 
Because God is saying, you know what? This is especially for you, and I need you to catch this, and I need you to get this. And I can guarantee you, if you receive and apply the principles that you're going to learn this morning, it will change your next five years. It will change your next five years. So if you were here last Sunday at 1230, either one or two things are happening. God is saying, hey, you especially need this. Or two, God is saying you weren't paying attention. If you can't say amen, say out. If you were here last Sunday at 1230, God is saying, hey, you need, to, you need this especially or you weren't paying attention. I, I don't know which one you fall in, but I'll let that be between you and God. Someone should say amen to that. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. I'll eventually get there. I'm not going to read it now, but I want you to just, uh, I want to use that as a springboard. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 12. Hold your finger there and then turn to Acts chapter 14, verse 27. Acts 14, 27. We're going to use these two verses uh, as springboards this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Uh, 2 Corinthians is right after 1 Corinthians. So once you hit 1 Corinthians, just keep going right. Go to 2 chapter, verse 12. Keep your finger there. Then go back, hit a reverse, and go to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 14, verse uh, 27. And we're going to eventually go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. But keep your finger there. When everybody kind of hit there, say amen. amen. When everybody hit there, say amen. So this morning, I'm going to specifically touch on understanding, understanding the mystery of doors. Understanding the mystery of doors. Uh, it is fascinating that Jesus taught his early disciples. He taught them, get this, you don't have to turn there, but just listen to this. In Luke 8.10, listen to this. He said, to you... It has been given to know the mysteries. Someone say the mysteries. The mysteries of the kingdom of God. Did you catch that? Then, then before Jesus went into heaven, he told his early disciples, he said, everything I taught you, I want you to teach those that you disciple. Are you following along? And so everything that Jesus taught is to be passed down. From generation to generation to generation to generation. And now we're here in 2024. And we have a holy responsibility to teach you the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Someone shout amen to that. Jesus said to you, uh, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That's the leverage we have. As followers of Jesus Christ, we have leverage in this world. Even though we are faced with everything everybody else is faced with because the rain falls on the just and the unjust, we have leverage. We have an advantage because we get to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God that break us through uh, the hindrances of this world. Someone shout amen. So I'm not afraid when... The enemy tries to slap me upside the head. I'm not afraid when I encounter obstacles in front of me. I'm not afraid when I encounter uh, people that oppose me because I step into the room with an advantage. I step into the room with leverage because I'm a son of the most high God. Someone shout amen to that. 
So to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And I, and I tell you this morning, if you pay attention and you apply what I'm going to teach you this morning, it can change the next five years of your life. And in, in effect, these next couple of weeks, as I'm going to come back, God willing, next Sunday at 1015, I'm going to continue this series. But in effect, I'm going to give you a master class on doors. I'm going to give you a master class on doors. My prayer this year, amongst other things, is to give you, teach you high-level light in the kingdom of God. My prayer this year, that's part of my prayer. When I get on my knees and I pray to God and I look out to 2024, part of my prayer is, Lord, I don't want to just teach your people elementary stuff all the time. I want to give them high-level light in the kingdom of God. For the Bible says, the word is a lamp unto my feet. I don't want us to be stumbling all the time. You shouldn't be stumbling all your life. You should be elevating, and you elevate according to the light that you receive in the kingdom of God. Someone shout amen. So for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to give you a master class on doors. And this is for everybody, but I'm telling you, if you're young, if you're young, if you're a young adult in the house, you don't want to miss uh, these classes because this is going to set you up uh, for fruitfulness in the kingdom of God. It's going to set you up for maximum impact in the kingdom of God in the mighty name of Jesus. So we're going to learn in the next couple of weeks, uh, what are doors? What are doors? Uh, why are they shut? What do you do when you stand before a door? What do you do when you stand before a door? Do you cry for your mama? What do you do when you stand before the door? Do you throw in a towel? Do you give up? We're going to learn. What do you do when we stand before a closed door? And by the way, most of the doors you encounter in life initially are going to be closed. That's why you got to have a fierceness about yourself. That's why you have to have a tenacity about yourself. That's why you can't be weak all your life. The Bible says let the weak say they're strong. And so most of the doors you encounter in life are going to be closed. That's why there's a lot of crying Christians out there because they don't realize that most of the doors they encounter are initially closed and you need to learn what do I do when I stand before a closed door is anybody following along and then we're going to learn if you come back we're going to learn how to open a closed door I'm going to teach you I'm going to teach you how to open a closed door I'm excited about that my spirit is on fire right now I'm going to teach you how to open a closed door you're going to learn you're going to learn whether you like it a lot or not. You come to Chapel Chase, you're going to learn whether you like it or not. We're going to present it to you, how to open a closed door. There's more ways than one to open a, a closed door. We're going to learn the different ways in the kingdom of God to open a closed door. And then we're going to just set you guys on fire to live out the rest of your life. Make sure you come back when the doors open up and you see God moving in your life. When God opens up the door of new relationships and God opens up the doors of new prosperity and God opens up the doors of new opportunities, new levels in your life. You better not run off. You better come back to the house of the Lord and give God praise. So we're going to teach you how to open closed doors. It feels good when a door uh, opens right in front of you. You ever stood before uh, an elevator and you waited a long time and then it finally shh, feels good. Feels good when you see an open door in your life. Feels good. I'm telling you, I'm testifying. I'm a, I'm a witness. The Lord has opened up many doors for me. I'm here right now because of an open door. I'm here right now because of an open door. 
And so it feels good to walk through an open door. So you're going to get a master class by the Spirit of the Lord on doors. See, the Bible talks a lot about doors. You'll be, you'll be surprised how often the Bible talks about doors. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, that's the first verse I ask you to turn to. Listen to what it says. It says, now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a what? A what? The Lord had opened a door for me. For me. Look at it. There are some doors that only the Lord can open up. And I pray. I pray that you stand before so big of a doors in your life that only the power of God could open up that door. There are some doors in life where only the Lord can open it up. You're going to learn. There's going to be some doors where God is going to have you open it up because we're going to learn the keys to open up doors. There are going to be some doors where there are going to be some times where God rebukes you like he rebukes Moses in front of the Red Sea. Anybody remember that? He says, why are you crying to me? You got the staff in your hand. You lift it up and you split the Red Sea. There's going to be times where you have to open up doors. But I'm telling you, there's going to be some big doors in your life that you're going to have to say, God, if God don't open up that door, it ain't going to open up. May the Lord open up them big doors in your life. In Acts chapter 14, verse 27, that's the second verse I ask you to turn to. It says, on arriving there, they gathered the church together. Notice what they did. They gathered the church together. What are we doing this morning? We're gathering the church together. See, we didn't, we didn't make this up. Like this church service, like we didn't invent church. We're just following the pattern that was set before us. You follow God's pattern, you get God's product. You follow God's pattern for your life, you get God's results for your life. Anybody want God results in your life? Follow God's pattern. Someone shout pattern. It says, on arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them. I like that phrase right there. Through them. How many of you know that God wants to do uh, miraculous signs through you? God wants to do wonders through your life. That's why this, this Christian life is, is supernatural because it's God working through us, ministering, healing, and deliverance, and breakthrough. May the Lord God use you more in, the, in 2024. Someone shout Amen says, reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened, get this, a door of faith to the Gentiles. Notice that phrase. If you have your Bible, underline that phrase. Door of faith. There's different types of doors. Doors of faith to the Gentiles. That right there was the door of salvation. It was the door of salvation. And he says, that he opened the door of salvation to the Gentiles. What were Gentiles? Gentiles were people that were far from God. They were unbelievers. Right? Uh, how many know that God loves people that are far from him? How many know the Spirit of the Lord pulls people that are far from him? The Spirit of the Lord pulls them closer to, come on, don't act like you shy. You know you started off far from God. Don't let me say where you came from. And it, says, it talks about the door of faith, which is the door of salvation. And I got some good news for somebody. There is a door of salvation at Chapel of Change. In the spiritual realm, at all our campuses, at all our campuses, there's a door of salvation right here at Chapel of Change. That's why you got to invite your friends, you got to invite your loved ones, or just have them drive by. Because we've had people just drive by and get sucked into the door. 
You know, I mean, I encourage you to bring them and invite them. But if you could just tell them, hey, here's the address. Just drive by. The Spirit of the Lord will suck them into the door. We've, we've witnessed that. We've seen, we've heard them stories several times. Uh, just recently, I told the story at 1230 about how we're doing a prayer booth. We do prayer booths in the street at different places because we're not afraid of the streets. And we just set up shop. And we just call, you know, just let people know that Jesus is alive. And we did a prayer booth right outside of our Carson campus, right on the corner, 223rd and whatever that street is. And they were holding up the Jesus signs. And this young guy, I think he's 18 years old, he drove by and something caused him to pull over. He pulls over and he runs to the prayer booth and right there on the spot, the door of faith, the door of salvation at Chapel of Change opened up and pulled him in, pulled him in, just driving by, just driving by, got pulled in, just, just tell your people, just drive by 6701 every once in a while, it'll pull uh, uh, you in. The next Sunday, uh, that young man came to our Carson campus, and he responded to the altar call, and here he is, uh, uh, surrendering his life to the Lord at Chapel of Change. Someone shout hallelujah. There's an open door of faith at Chapel of Change, and it's sucking young adults into the kingdom of God. Young, whenever you have an 18-year-old come to the altar and repent from their sins, somebody got to praise the Lord for that. Somebody got to thank Jesus for that. Somebody got to multiply that. Somebody got to pray that that multiply. We want hundreds and hundreds of young adults serving the Lord at Chapel of Change. Release the sound for that in Jesus' name. That's Brother Ethan right there, 18 years old. By the way, the young adults in Paramount, they meet on Tuesday nights. This Tuesday at 7 p.m., they meet right here in the fellowship hall. If you're a young adult, you better get in where you can fit in because the door of faith is here. Someone shout amen. So God opened that door of faith, and the Bible talks a lot about doors, a lot about doors. Jesus taught his early disciples in Matthew 16, 19. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The Bible talks a lot about doors. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What do keys do? They open doors. Thank you very much. They open doors. What do keys do? They unlock doors. I have taught the church. I've done an extensive series on the kingdom of God. Go to our YouTube page and, and learn about it. But I've done an extensive series on the kingdom of God. And I taught you that the kingdom of God is like a giant mansion full of rooms and territories. And each room represents dim dimensions of God's plan for your life. Each room represents dimensions of God's plan for your life. Each room represents spiritual possibilities for you. And one way you go through the door is through kingdom keys. Kingdom keys. And we're going to talk, if you, if you take this journey with us, we're going to talk about kingdom keys. But the kingdom of God is full of doors and even territories. I taught last week there's a difference between a door and a gate. The door represents rooms gates represent territories and that's remember there's levels to the kingdom of god there's levels some of us get excited about rooms but i'm telling you chapel of change we're excited about territories we want to take territories for the kingdom of god we already had a lot of room we got a lot of room this is like a little mansion right here we got a lot of rooms 
We need some territories. Someone shout amen to that. Uh, just as a side note, he talked right here about the kingdom of heaven. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, do you know the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven? The difference, the slight difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven? There, there is a slight difference. Uh, the kingdom of God is, where, is, is everywhere the influence of God is reached. The kingdom of God is, is everywhere the kingdom, the influence of the kingdom of God is reached. So there is a sense that the kingdom of God is everywhere because this is all his creation. Are you following along? But the kingdom of heaven are the places where the power and the principles of the kingdom of God are a reality. Did you see the di distinction? The kingdom of heaven are the places where the, where the power and the principles of the kingdom of God are a reality. So in the, in the homes that, that, that are experiencing the power of God and, and are living by the principles of God, that's the kingdom of heaven being manifested on earth right there. Are, are you following along? God has called us. Remember Jesus taught us in Matthew 6 verse 9. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, get this, as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. That is more than just a pretty little prayer, uh, my brothers and sisters. That's a spiritual assignment from our chief general that our lives shall, should be bringing down heaven on this earth. That we are not waiting to go to heaven. We are anticipating and praying for heaven to come down through our life. So when you go to work, you bring the kingdom of heaven to your work. If you, if when you go home, you're bringing the kingdom of heaven to your, to your home. The way you bring down the kingdom of heaven, the way you open up the kingdom of heaven is through opening doors. Opening doors. Remember when Jesus was baptized, the Bible says the heavens were open. Now, follow along with me. When we talk about doors, we're not talking about the wooden planks that you see in buildings. That's not what we're talking about. Um, there are two definitions of doors that I want us to wrap our minds around uh, that'll help you to understand what we're, what we're going after. Uh, the two definitions are, number one, uh, authorized access. Authorized access. And those are uh, open doors. Authorized access. This is access to opportunities, access to blessings, access to next level living, access to movement. This is access to promotion. Anybody want a promotion in 2024? Anybody want to advance in 2024? Anybody want new opportunities in, in 2024? Uh, a door represents authorized access. Now, let me take you a little bit deeper. And I didn't share this last Sunday at 1230, so pay attention. Uh, doors can signify advancement. Doors signify a transition of advancement from one season to another season, from one space to a larger space, from one chapter of your story to the next chapter of your story, from one opportunity to another opportunity. So doors can signify advancement. Are you following along? You hear us teach about from living from faith to faith 
and glory to glory. You heard us uh, taught about that. From faith to faith and glory to glory. Well, in between the faith to faith is a door. In between the glory to glory is a door. Is anybody following along? So in a house, typically, to get from the bedroom to the living room, you need to walk through a door. Ain't that right? In a house, to get from the bedroom to the living room, typically, you got to walk through the door. So walking through a door signifies new territory, new space, and a new season. If you ever see a door in your life, if you ever come across a door in your journey, it signifies a new season is about to start. It signifies new territory is coming up for your life. Is anybody following along? Help me out now. See, if your tomorrow always looks like your yesterday, you can be stuck in front of a closed door and not even know it. Did you catch that? If your tomorrow always looks like your yesterday, then it's an indication that you could be stuck behind a closed door. This is why we're understanding the mysteries of doors. The reason why people recycle their pain. And they recycle their frustration. They recycle their hurt. is because possibly they're in front of a closed door that they have not learned to open. They have not learned to maneuver yet. But don't, don't fret because we're going to teach you how to open a door. Someone shout amen. See, if you're stuck behind a closed door, nothing will change but your age. So many people, they're they're. 50 years old, but they're living in the phase of 30. Or they're 30 years old. Really, this is what I see a lot. They're 30 years old, and they're living in the phase of 18. And they don't realize it, but they've been stuck behind a closed door. Whenever you're stuck behind a closed door, nothing changes but your age. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? That's why it's so important. We're understand. I'm giving you a master class on door. I'm excited about this because some of y'all are going to walk through some doors. You're going to learn how to open up some doors. If, if, you, if, you, if you're stuck, it's a possibility you're in front of a closed door and you don't even see it. This is the mystery of doors in the Bible. So this leads me to the second definition of doors. You have the positive side, which is the authorized access, but then the negative side is hindrances, limitations, or restrictions. Hindrances, limitations, or restrictions. Write that down. Those are, those are closed doors. Hindrances, limitations, or restrictions. Now, now what are doors? What are doors? Uh, doors can be circumstances. Doors can be circumstances. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, it says, pray also for us that God may open a door to us. He's talking about circumstances. He's asking uh, that God may line up his circumstances in a favorable way. So doors can be circumstances. Write that down. And I'm excited because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach this at our Spanish service tonight at 430 with a translation. So if you have any Theo or Thea or Sobrinas or Avalitas, bring them tonight, 430. So doors can be circumstances, but also doors can be people. Doors can be people. Remember Jesus said in John 10, 9, what did he say? He says, I am the door. 
He said, I am the door. He didn't say, I'm going to point you to the door. He didn't say, there is the door. He says, I am the door. Why? Because doors can be people. Of course, he is the chief door. Amen? Amen. He is the chief door, but doors can be people. I shared last Sunday about Barnabas. Someone say Barnabas. When Apostle Paul got converted to Christianity, remember, before he started serving the Lord, he was a murderer and a persecutor of the church. So when Paul finally got converted to, uh, converted to Christianity, the church did not believe his conversion was real. So they didn't want him around them. They're like, oh, okay, praise God. You got saved, but go praise over there. Go worship over there. You can't come to my house. That's how they approached Apostle Paul. And so God sent a man by the name of Barnabas in Acts chapter 9, verse 27. It says, but Barnabas took Apostle Paul and brought him to the apostles. You see that right there? Barnabas co-signed for Apostle Paul. He grabbed him by the hand and he brought him. He said, here, he's got, his, his conversion is authentic. His conversion is real. And I'm putting my name on the line. I'm becoming a door for him. And I'm grabbing him by the hand. And I'm taking him uh, to the apostles. May the Lord send doors to your life in 2024. These are destiny relationships. These are destiny helpers. These are burden bearers that no man rises by himself. No woman rises by himself. Stop saying you don't need anyone. Stop saying you don't need anyone. Stop saying you could do it all by yourself. You can't do it all by yourself. God has established doors in this world, and some of them doors are people. That's why you got to learn to be nice. That's why you got to learn to heal. I, I understand people have backstabbed you. I understand that people have let you down. I understand that people have hurt you, but there is a healing power from heaven that can put your heart back together again. There is a healing power from heaven that could put your heart back together again. Don't fall for the lies of the enemy that say you don't need nobody. You don't need them. No, people can be doors. And I'm afraid that because of our attitude, and I, I get it, I get it. You, you had to develop that callousness. You had to develop that fierceness in order to move forward in life. I get it. But God wants to take you to the next level. And it's time to soften up now. It's time to be healed now. It's time to allow God to saturate your heart now. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? That's why we need to learn to be nice. Only they said amen. That's why we need to learn to be nice. Amen. Doors can be people. A couple weeks ago, uh, I brought before you a possible opportunity. It is not for certain. It's not for sure. But we're praying and we're taking steps toward it. And we covet your prayers. And we covet your support. When we started the Kingsman home, the Kingsman Discipleship home, um, there were a group of sisters that had the audacity to start praying for a woman's home. And they said, if we could have a men's home, why can't we have a women's home? And they didn't tell me this, but they were whispering it amongst each other. And eventually it got back to me. And about a month ago, I got a phone call from a neighbor about two, three blocks away from our campus. You could actually walk from his house. I'm not going to tell you where it's at because I don't want you to surround it. But he tells me that he wants to retire and move to another state, and he would like the church to buy his house. 
And I want to show you a picture of the house, or at least the backyard. I don't want to show you the front yard because I don't want you going over there. This is not even the whole backyard. This is just the patio. It sits on a half acre of land, and it's a ranch home with horses and goats and gardens, major gardens. In back of the house, it opens up to a small pocket park uh, where there's other horses at. I want to show you the next picture. Show the, show the next picture. That are, those are the stables that, that, that are in the property where the horses are. Someone say supernatural growth. Someone say supernatural growth. Uh, who, are, who is believing for supernatural growth this year? And so it is not for certain. We don't know if we can buy it. We don't know if we're going to buy it. Uh, but I'm just bringing it before you uh, for you could pray. So you could pray. So you could pray. Our vision uh, in when the timing is right is to launch an Abide Women's Discipleship Home. Our vision is to launch a women's discipleship home that we are excited about the possibility of raising up women in this urban context to be kingdom women in our generation. Women that are healed, that are whole, and that are filled with the power of God and that are serving the Lord with all their heart. That's our vision. And some of them might be single mothers, so there may be little kids in that, in that house. There may be little kids with no fathers that need to learn about Jesus Christ in that home. And so there's horses back there, and we're believing for supernatural growth. And I just want to share with you, because people can be doors. The owner of the house sent me this text about two days ago. Listen to what he says. He says, in Jesus' name, Father, please continue to expand the boundaries of Chapel of Change. Use this land for your glory, Lord. Thank you for the lives that have been and will be uh, changed for your will, uh, that none will be lost. God bless you, Pastor, brother, and friend, Brian. That's the owner of the house. People can be doors. People can be doors. That's why you got to learn to be nice. That's why you got to learn how to act right. That's why you got to learn how to smile. That's why you got to learn how to love. That's why you got to learn how to be merciful. Next Sunday night at our Whittier campus, I'm going to start a series on the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Because I'm believing that God is going to send doors into your life. And I don't want you to shut them. I don't want you to shut them. So, we're, so I don't, again, we don't know if this is going to happen. I'm just letting you know because I want you in on, on what I'm going through. But I'm believing one day, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to ride a horse to church in Jesus' name. I just want to believe that. I just want to believe that. Can anybody come in agreement with that one? Pastor Zach, can you come in agreement with that one? Just galloping up on the horse. That would be supernatural, wouldn't it? That would be supernatural. Okay, I know I'm, I, I probably lost. I, okay, I got lost sight. Okay, okay. Talking about doors, someone say doors. Doors can be opportunities, doors can be people. But here's another thing, doors can be evil spirits. Doors can be evil spirits that block your advancement. Doors can be evil spirits that block your advancement. In 1 Thessalonians 2.18 it says, For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Satan blocked our way. I wanted to come to you, but Satan blocked our way. So doors can be empowered by evil spirits. Are you following along? 
And more particularly, if you have generational closed doors, it could be more than just bad decisions. If you have generational closed doors, it can be a demonic assignment upon your genealogy. Like if your grandfather tried to rise but fail, your, your great-grandfather tried to rise but fail, your dad tried to rise but failed, and now here you are trying to rise, it could be a demonic door in your family's life. And that's why we need the power of God. And sometimes you don't have a time for a key. You need the power of God to bust that door down. There are some doors in your life that you ain't going to be able to use a key. You need the power of God to blow that door down and knock it off its hinges. Someone shout amen to that. I'm talking about generational closed doors. I was in, uh, we were in uh, El Salvador, El Salvador a couple weeks ago, and we were ministering to extremely uh, uh, impoverished communities. I want to show you the picture. And uh, as Jessica and Jeremy, or Jessica and Ruby were praying for the kids, the Lord laid it upon my heart and said, well, hold up. Don't just give the kids toys, you need to break some generational curses over their life. And so we begin to lay hands on these little kids and declare the power of God. Because you know, Pastor Sandy uh, rose up from El Salvador. I seen Pastor Sandy's house that she grew up in. It don't even exist no more. This is just a little corner and it's covered in, in a jungle. But my point is this, if God can raise up that woman of God, there's more young people that can be raised up out of generational poverty if we take our authority in the mighty name of Jesus. Are you following along? We're going to learn. We're going to learn to position our lives for God to come down from heaven. There, there, are some, there are some instances in the Bible where God says, I ain't got time for you to open up that door. I'm coming down myself and I'm going to break the foundation of that door so that not just you go through that door, but so your kid can go through that door. See, if, if you just open up every door with a key, then somebody can come and lock it behind you. Are you following along? But if you have God bust down that door, then your son can go through it. Your grandson can go through it. Your great-grandson can go through it. We're, we're about blessing generations in the name of Jesus. God is a generational God. Is anybody following along? Is anybody learning something? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Bear with me. Just stay stick with, stick with it. This is going to change your next five years. Now, I do want to say as I kind of wrap up our study, I do want to say that it is very important before I get to opening doors, and we'll probably get to opening doors next Sunday, I think. But before I get to opening doors, there's something very important you need to learn, that not all closed doors are bad. Not all closed doors are bad. This is very, this is very important for you to understand, especially young people. Because you have, a lot of you have strong willpower. And you'll see a closed door. And if you don't have wisdom, if you don't have discernment, you'll try to bust down that door yourself. When all along, it was God the one who shut that door. So you need to learn. Before I teach you how to open up doors, we need to understand that not all closed doors are bad. Are you, are you tracking with me this morning? Some closed doors are meant to protect you. Some closed doors are meant to protect you. Uh, remember Noah and the ark? In Genesis 7, 16, it says a male and a female, each of each kind entered just as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. Who closed the door? Who closed the door? 
See, that door was closed to protect them from the storm. It was closed to protect them from the elements, from the wind, from, from the rain. It was, the door was closed to protect them. Now, now, this may not apply to everybody. It may only apply to one person. But is there anybody grateful that you did not marry the first person you fell in love with? Anybody grateful? Now, it only may be one person. Don't everybody lift up your hand. But, but anybody grateful? Like, and you didn't realize that until 10 years later. You look back and you said, man, you didn't say it out loud, but you said it inside. Man, I'm so glad that that door was closed. Some closed doors are meant to protect us. And sometimes God will close a door to protect you. God will close a door on a relationship or even an opportunity. Not all closed doors are bad. And people believe mistakenly that a shut door is a problem. Maybe you lose a job or a relationship ends and you feel devastated. But then later on you come to find out that God shut that door to protect you. See, some closed doors protect the value of what's behind it. Some closed doors protect the value of what's behind it. Think about the disclaimers that are written on some of the things you buy at the store. Think about this with me. Do not purchase if the seal is broken. Does that make sense? You go to the store right now, and that seal on that milk carton is broken. You better not buy that. You might end up with some uh, uh, ugly-tasting uh, milk. Are you following along? Do not purchase if the seal is broken. Why? Because some doors are, are closed to protect the value of what's behind it. Now, when you think about this, I want to challenge somebody. Stop opening yourself up to everybody. I want to challenge somebody. Stop opening yourself up to everybody. You're devaluing yourself. You're devaluing yourself. When you just open your, all your problems and all your life and, and everybody, you just let everybody in. You're devaluing yourself. Stop putting all your junk on Facebook. You're devaluing yourself. I shared last week that my wife and I have been married for 26 years, and, and in 26 years, we've had several lively conversations. In 26 years, you're on a journey. It's not an event. You have several lively conversations, but you'll never see me post that on Facebook. You'll never see me post those problems uh, on Facebook. Why? Why would I devalue my marriage? Why would I devalue my spouse? Some closed doors are, are, are to protect the value of what's behind it. I found only one place. There may be others, but I only found only one place where Jesus tells you to shut the door. I found one place where Jesus says, close the door. You know where it's at? You know what he says? In Matthew 6, 6, listen to this. Listen to what he says. He says, but when you pray, go into your room and close the door. Hello, somebody. Why is he telling you to close the door? Because he's trying to protect the value of your intimacy with the Father. He's trying to protect your connection with the Father. The closer you get to the Father, the more powerful you become. Think of a, think of a construction site. When they go to build a beautiful construction site, what is one of the first things they do? They build a fence around it. Why? They want to block your view. They don't want you to see it until the finished product. 
They don't want to devalue the end product by you seeing the process. Are you following along? They don't want to devalue the end product by you seeing the process. They don't want you to see the dirt. They don't want you to see the mold. They don't want you to see the brokenness on the ground. Is anybody following along? So they put a fence around it. They block everybody's view until the, until the product is finished. I shared last Sunday when I was in prison and I first started my life sentence and I was in that cell for 24 hours a day. When, you, when you're in a cell for 24 hours a day, you think of some bright ideas. And I thought of this bright idea. I said, I'm going to get a Christian magazine and I'm going to write about 50 pastors and I'm going to tell them I need help. I wrote a letter out, and uh, I typed it up, I signed it, I bought the stamps, I mailed out this letter to 50 pastors, and only one answered back. That brother took a long time, too. And guess what? I was mad. I was mad. I was, what type of Christians are these? What type of leaders are these? Here I am, serving a life sentence, and condemned to die a slow death in prison, asking for help, and nobody wanted to write back. I was mad. As I grew in the Lord, I realized that God does his best work behind the closed fence. God does his best work behind the closed fence. And there are seasons where God will cut you off of those you think should be in your life. That's why you don't get mad at people when they lead your life. Maybe God is trying to protect you and do something in your life. Someone shout amen. Some closed doors are meant to control movement. I didn't say this one last Sunday, so write this down. Some closed doors are meant to control movement. See, some of y'all are fast. You see an opportunity and you jump on it. But I want to remind somebody, I want to teach somebody today that timing is big when it comes to opportunities. Timing is big. If you take possession of an opportunity before it's time, it can crush you. If you take possession of an opportunity before it's time, it can crush you. Even Jesus had to wait for the right time. Even Jesus had to wait for the right time. In Galatians 4.4, it says, but when the set time had fully come, God set his son. Timing is critical when it comes to an open door. That's why the Bible says for us to wait on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord, and he will renew uh, your strength. Timing is, is critical. You don't want to take possession of an opportunity before it's time or it can crush you. The last element of a door that I want us to learn about today is that some closed doors are meant to redirect you. Redirect you. In Acts chapter 16, verse 6, it says, And Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of, of Phygeria and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So notice who kept them. Notice who shut the door. They wanted to go preach the word uh, in a particular place, and the Holy Spirit closed the door. Why? To redirect them. To redirect them. Some closed doors redirect you for something bigger and better. Closed doors, some of them are meant to redirect you to something bigger and better. That's why when you're faced with a closed door, do not give, give up. Do not throw in the towel. Do not jump off a bridge because maybe God is trying to redirect you to something bigger and better. This is the advantage that we have as followers of Jesus. If, if God shuts the door on that home, then I have the advantage to believe, well, God must have something bigger and better for us. Are you following on? This is how it works in the kingdom of God. 
This is how it works. This is the advantage that we have. If God shuts down that door, well, I believe God somehow has bigger and better for us. And we're going to keep on moving in the name of Jesus. Someone shout amen. If God shuts the door, maybe he's trying to redirect you to something bigger and better. Last week I shared with you uh, about before we launched this church, we were going to start Chapel of Change in a church down the street on Paramount Boulevard. It was an old beat up uh, Methodist church and this church was uh, beat up it only had one small children's room uh, the ceilings were messed up it didn't have air conditioning or heater the sanctuary was kind of bagged up uh, but I was excited to have something because when you don't have nothing you're excited about anything hello somebody so as soon as that door kind of kind of tried to open up a little bit I try to use my willpower to go through that door I'm gonna we're gonna go through that door and I was excited and they agreed to let us lease that building for two years. They were going to let us lease it for two years. And I was excited about that. We're going to start Chapel of Change up down the street. We're going to do the work of the Lord. We're going to renovate the building. And the day before I was going to sign that uh, lease, the owner of the building backed out of the deal. Backed out of the deal and said, no, we're not going to rent it to you. And didn't even give me an explanation. Let me tell you something. I was hot. I was bad. I wanted to protest. I knew that that was not the will of God. You know why? Because I lived down the street from that church. I could have walked to church. And I know God wanted me to walk to church. And so I was mad. I wanted to protest. And eventually I got over it and started to press through. About a year later, God opened up this church building. 150 parking lots, 400 seat sanctuary, multiple kids rooms. About a year later, God shut that door to redirect me to something bigger and better. Not all closed doors are bad. Not all closed doors are bad. And you know today, I want to show you this picture. You know today, that's a picture of where that church was. Some of y'all didn't catch that. That's a picture, look closely, of where that church was. What does that mean? They demolished that church. That church does not exist no more on that day. Did I know that they were going to do that? No. I didn't have that much of an advantage to know in the future. But I knew enough to believe that if God shuts down one door, maybe it's for him to redirect me to a bigger and better door in the mighty name of Jesus. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? As the worship team comes up this morning, here's, here's what we need to do, my brothers and sisters. Listen to this. Listen to this as I close. Most of the doors you encounter in life will initially be shut. Most of the doors you encounter in life will initially be set, uh, uh, um, closed. And so the first thing you need to do when you get before a closed door is pray for discernment. I'm lacing you up right now. I'm giving you the big thing right now. I'm lacing you up. The first thing you do when you get before a closed door, you need to pray for discernment. Someone say discernment. You need to spend some time. You need to ask God, Lord, why is the door closed? Uh, is it you, God? Do you want me to slow down? Do you want me to go somewhere else? Do you want me to open this door? What do you want me to do, God? You need to pray for discernment. Don't just go and try to bang down that door. 
you might be trying to open up something that God has shut in your life. First thing you do, when you get before a closed door, you need to pray for discernment. Many, many years ago in the life of King David, he was faced with a closed door. And in 1, Corinthians chap or 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8, listen to how David handled this closed door. David was in front of a closed door. Listen to what he did. We got to learn from David this morning. He says, so David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? The enemy had robbed David of his family, had robbed David of his possessions. And you would have thought that the immediate response was to go overtake the enemy and take back his stuff. But that's not what David does. David falls to his knees and he discerns the will of God. God, why is this door shut? Is it you that is shutting this door? What do you want me to do, God? Do you want me to wait? Do you want me to wait on your timing? Do you want me to just serve you until you open it up? Do you want me to find the key, God? Or do you want me to pray your power down to break down this door? What do you want me to do? The first thing you do when you encounter a closed door is you pray for discernment. Is everybody following on? So we're going to exercise that this morning. We're going to exercise that. I want to invite you to close or bow your hearts this morning with every head bowed and every heart bowed. Just for a couple moments, I want us to pray for discernment. Lord, give us discernment. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding. I want us to pray for discernment this morning. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding. Right where you're at, with every head bowed, or every eye closed, everybody remains seated in reverence of God. Let's exercise this prayer. If you're watching online and you're in your living room, pray with us. Just right where you're at. Lord, give us wisdom. Lord, give us discernment. Lord, give us insight. Lord, give us understanding. Why is this door shut? Why is this door shut? What do you want me to do, Lord God? Do you want me to wait on you, Lord God? Do you want me to wait? Do you want me to sit in your presence until you open it up, Lord God? Do you want me to find the key, Lord God? Lord, show me the key, Lord God. Direct me to the key, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, do you want me to walk away from this door, Lord God? Do you have something bigger for me? Do you have something better for me? Uh, let's just pray right where you're at. Let's ask God for wisdom and discernment in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, help us to discern in Jesus' name. And I want us to just sing just a, a softly in the background just for a couple of moments as we seal this moment. Pastor Raymond, if you could come up here. Hallelujah. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Some of y'all are faced with a closed door right now. Let's pray. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray for wisdom. Lord, give us wisdom. Give us wisdom, Lord. May your wisdom fall on us today. Father, for those who need to wait, give them the strength to wait, Lord God. For those who need to wait, Lord God, give them the strength to wait in your presence, Lord God. You said you'll renew their strength, those that wait on you. Those that need to walk away from that door, give them strength to walk away, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Give them strength to walk away. Lord, those that need to find the key, 
Give them wisdom. Give them understanding to find the key, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Lord, don't let us be discouraged by closed doors in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray, church. Just pray right where you're at. Ask God for wisdom. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this supernatural deposit in the knowledge and wisdom of open doors, God. We thank you, Lord, that you have built and are developing our discernment, Lord, to determine from good and evil, God. So, God, we thank you, Father, for this word, Lord. Give us the ability by your spirit, Lord, to live it out, God, for your glory, for your honor, for your praise, God. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, everybody. At this time, we're going to be transitioning to our tithes and offerings portion of our service where we get to respond to the word of God and worship the Lord through our giving. I have a scripture out of 2 Corinthians 9, 6. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will reap generously. God is using a metaphor in this uh, scripture. Uh, sowing, as we give, it speaks of sowing. It's an action of giving. And, and reaping is, is an action as well, but it's also uh, the results of our giving. So as we give today, I love what Pastor Brian was saying earlier about prayer. As we pray, now we're going to expect God to move. In the same way, as we give, we need to expect that God is going to keep his word and bring the provision to us. So as we uh, take the time just to, to, to prepare for our giving, uh, I want to just thank everyone who also gives in the house of the Lord for everything that is happening here. We have four ways to give at Chapel of Change. We give online, text, mail, and in person. And um, as the ushers come forward, I just want to remind us that we have a, the ability to scan to give, where you could give by phone. But if you want to give by debit card, you could go to the back and a sister after service will facilitate that for you as well. Uh, also, uh, we have some announcements. We've been talking about the Faith and Business Expo that's happening uh, in uh, the, uh, February 17th is our, is our Faith and Business Expo. Let's, let's uh, give it up because God wants to move in supernatural ways even in our giving. Amen. Also, we have our youth campus. Give it up for the youth. <clears throat> give it up. Give it up. 
As we are getting closer uh, to in the youth camp, we still have a little bit of needs. We want to tie up a little bit of, of, of loose ends, so continue to pray for the youth. But also, we have about approximately 10 more uh, youth that need sponsorship. So if you don't have a youth and you're not sending a youth and you want to partner with some of these youth to maybe support them in, in any kind of way, uh, please see Sister Esperanza or uh, Brother Saul in that way so you could give in that way if God puts it on your heart. Also, I want to call up uh, Joshua and Sarah to talk about what God is doing in the young adults. God is doing some new things in the young adults. Let's give it up. Amen. Where's all my young adults at in the house? Amen. We just want to say, um, you know, God is doing a new thing uh, in this season with the young adults. And um, we've been outreaching and uh, we believe that God is going to do a supernatural growth in the young adult ministry. So I encourage you, if you're a young adult, get connected, get plugged in with us because God is going to do a new thing in us. Amen. And so uh, we're now going to be meeting Tuesdays here in Paramount at 7 p.m. And we also have Mondays in Long Beach and then Fridays uh, in uh, the city of Carson as well. So God is good. Amen. Also, those that are young adults, we are providing a brand new leadership opportunity with Pastor Brian and myself. Every fourth Sunday at 430 at Carson Campus, we're inviting all young adults to plug in. We're trying to transform that whole service into just a young adult service where we have spoken word. We have some Christian rap. We have all different type of things. So we want everyone that's a young adult, if you feel called or led to be in leadership, join us definitely for 430. Let us just pray. Can we each pray for the young adults? Is that okay? Let's just all pray. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I just thank you just... First off, for our pastors, Lord, I thank you for the leadership that you have given us, God. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us a, a ministry, Lord, where young souls can come and just encounter you even more, Lord. Lord, I pray for each and every young adult that is here, God. I pray, Lord, that you begin to usher them into a deeper revelation, Lord, with you, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you reveal your calling to them. Lord, reveal your purpose into them, God. Lord, I, we, we snatch back, we snatch back from the devil the identity that he tried to take from the young adults. And Lord, we pray right now, Lord, that you begin to, to skyrocket and propel each young soul, God into that next level with you, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that anything that is, is, is in their heart, God, that is tugging on their heart, I pray, Lord, that you bring reconciliation, you iron that out, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, any anxiety, any root of anxiety and doubt, we snatch that right now, cast that to outer darkness right now. And Holy Spirit, we pray, Lord, that you just minister your spirit of healing, Lord. Lord, we pray, Lord, we drive away confusion, we cast away confusion from the young adults, God. We pray, Lord, that you bring clarity, Lord, for each young adult here, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, yeah, give it up to the young adults and what God is doing uh, um, in the, our young adults. At this time, we want to pray over the offering and release the ushers and come back to receive the blessing. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you give us powerful principles to live by, God. 
And we know, God, that this is a discipline that you want to develop in us because it shows that we trust you, that we honor you, that we uh, cling to you for everything. Lord, you are our source, God. So, God, with this, Lord, may these tithes and offerings be pleasing and glorifying to you, Lord, and be used to advance your kingdom in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Ushers, you are released. Amen.